welcome Dee and Tholi Garcia. Give it up for them. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So these guys, um, they, they came in uh, maybe a year ago, a little bit more. Would you say about seven, eight months ago? Okay. And... Uh, and uh, just so excited. They, they're just one of the best. They just, they just came in, jumped right in. And, um, you know, basically anytime uh, there's a need in our community or in our church or with our people, uh, you know that their names are going to pop up and uh, just be there to help and give back and love people. And, and um, just all over the board, kids ministry, student ministries, you name it, uh, they're giving back and loving people. And uh, so we'll take the next few minutes and hear just an awesome story that, again, I want to have you walk out of here going... Um, I can do it. You know, if they can do it, uh, I can do it. And so uh, just listen to this incredible story of goodness of God, and I'll let you guys take it away. All right, amen. <laughs> My wife is a mess up here right now after Victoria, but um, I just want to start real quick and pray. Um, I just feel like I have to do that. I want to pray for Victoria and, yeah. and what she went through and just to put peace on, on everybody's heart right now. So, Father, I... I come to you and I thank you, Lord, for this day and for Victoria's testimony, Lord, and just showing the goodness of, of what you can do in somebody's life, Father, even, even though things don't turn out the way that we always plan them to turn, Father, I just thank you, Lord, for, for the miracles that came about even through her life and through Sydney's life, Lord, and I just pray that her legacy will, will live on, Father. Open everybody's heart right now, Lord, to uh, your testimony right now in Jesus' name. So um, I'll start uh, with my younger days. Uh, I grew up here in Zeeland, and um, we had a good home. My dad went to Teen Challenge when I was young, which sort of the kind of the reason why we ended up in, in the Holland, Zeeland area. Um, so uh, yeah, I went to Teen Challenge. We grew, up, we grew up in a good home. We went to church. You know, we went to Holland First Assembly of God twice on Sunday, Wednesdays, the whole nine yards everything like that, and um, so a lot of what I carry now in the principles of Christianity, I learned during my youth group days at First Assembly, so, you know, those of us and, and Josh and, and everybody in here, if you can sow into a young person's life, believe me, I'm a walking testimony of what that can happen years to come. And um, about 16 years old, uh, I started down that down, downward spiral, um, started hanging around with the wrong crowd, getting into drugs, alcohol, partying. Also around that same time, um, I started hanging out with uh, members of the Latin Kings in Holland and um, getting into that lifestyle. And our parents worked so hard to get us away from Chicago and away from that. Yeah. That life. And I became fascinated with it. The drugs and the girls and the partying and the guns and just stuff that I had no business getting involved in after what my parents went through to get us away from that. And <clears throat> so a little bit later on, um, 
the uh, the summer, spring, summer of 95, uh, I was on what seemed like about a week-long drug binge, just did insanely amounts of drugs that it probably should have killed me and the people that we were with. Um, we had some crazy idea that we were going to go to California for spring break. <laughs> and uh, so some friends and I um, actually broke into the gun store here in Zeeland, and we stole some guns, and we took them to Chicago, um, had some connections over there to, to get rid of guns, and um, that whole story, the, the way that whole week and the story unfolded is just, um, it's now thinking back on it, there was no other way that I could have got through that but the hand of God on me. There, there's just no, there's no other way. I mean, we decided that we were going to do this in the middle of winter. So um, if any of you guys are familiar with downtown, there used to be the Zealand Sports Store downtown. They had guns in there. Um, we parked our car behind uh, the laundromat, and we walked up to the store and broke some windows and got inside. And we got inside and uh, broke the gun case. Uh, I'm sorry, we got inside and... We were trying to sneak around the gun case, and the alarm went off. So, you know, like most people would do when an alarm go off, you get scared, you run out of the building, and and that's that. But um, in our stupor, we decided that we were going to go back in because we drove by, and the alarm was turned off. So a friend of, I, of mine and myself, we went back into the store. Long story short, I break the gun case. We get some guns. We're running through the parking lot towards the laundromat. And where my car is parked, there's a Zealand police officer talking to my friends that are waiting in the car. And um, we, put on the, we put on the brakes. We kind of hit around the corner. I watched the cop go away. Um, my friends took off in my car. And uh, I knew where they were going, so we met up. Anyways, got out of that, went, went to Chicago, still continued on to Chicago. So the next morning, um, I'm at my, he, he is, I call him my cousin, but he was, his brother was married to my cousin. Anyways, he was, uh, uh, had family in Chicago. We were at his sister's house, and um, she wakes me up and says, your dad's on the phone. Like, how in the world is that possible? Okay, so I pick up the phone, and he's like, what are you doing in Chicago, and what are you doing selling guns? And I said, um, I don't know, Dad. I was I was messed up. I, I was high, and he says, "Well, stay there. I'm coming to get you and any of the friends that want to come back." So, okay. So all the while, this whole time, my parents are coming to pick me up, and we're still thinking we're going to California. We're not going to be here when my parents get here. I'm going to leave my car. We're going to continue on. So I'm going to show you a little bit of the grace of God right here, because this. It didn't even dawn on me until years later I'm talking to my dad and, and, and this story came about. So they're on their way. They get there, and we decided that we weren't going to be there. So we went to a different neighborhood to a restaurant, and there's five or six of us sitting in the restaurant. We're eating. You know, all of a sudden I look up, and I see my dad walk in the door. And I put my head down. I was like, I was sitting next to Sammy, and I said, Sammy, my I was just, my dad walked in here. I'm like, what in the world is going on? He said, well, keep your head down. Maybe he didn't see you. So 
<laughs> so my friend, Nate, and he had another choice nickname your, that I won't share. Your dad is more G than you were. <laughs> yeah. There is no doubt about That's that. It's true to this day. It still is. So, so um, about five minutes goes by, and my dad walks in, comes into the restaurant, sits right down next to, next to me. And I was like, okay. You know, and just thinking about that, like, okay, so I'll tell you later on, later, years later when he told me, when they were on their way, I had told them where Sammy's sister lived, and they couldn't find the place. So they had stopped at that restaurant to use the phone to get directions to where her, her house was. And it just so happened to be that's where we were. That whole time, I had no intention on going back home with my dad and mom because I knew he was upset. But God guided him to that restaurant. So <clears throat> he brought us back. I turned myself in with a couple of the guns. And um, for the next couple of weeks, I ran scared. Every, every time I saw a Zealand police officer, I just ran because I didn't know anything about personal recognizance, bonds, and all that stuff. I, I thought I was, I was free, but they were going to come and get me at any moment. I, I didn't know. So... Um, at that time, my dad introduced me to the idea of Teen Challenge. And um, we went there, we visited, we were upstairs. Teen Challenge is like a recovery ministry where you go and live, and uh, it's, it's sort of halfway between a ministry center, almost like a jail as well. I mean, there's a lot of restrictions, um, just so you know if you're unfamiliar. We, so that's we what call it Bible about. Boot Camp. Right. <laughs> you get Jesus 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And we were upstairs on the visitation, and my dad looked at me. He said, I just want my son back. So <clears throat> I decided to go to Teen Challenge. I needed a change. My life was out of control. And... <clears throat> So we were praying. Obviously, I still had federal charges hanging over my head. I had transported firearms over state lines, and it was, it was a mess. And, and I had fully prepared on, I was preparing myself on having to go to prison. And uh, so for four months, everybody at the center was praying and praying hard. And after four months, I went in front of the judge, and he sentenced me to finish my time at Teen Challenge. I was facing 10 years in the federal penitentiary, and God delivered me from that. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so I graduated from Teen Challenge April 96, and, um, you know, Romans 12, 2 says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And you'll have to keep that verse in mind because it'll, it'll become important a little bit later on. Um, so... I got out of Teen Challenge, graduated in 96, and I've always been able to conform. Um, I conformed to Teen Challenge. I, I conformed to a, a lot of different things, and, and, and it's always been easy, and I never really transformed at Teen Challenge. So a couple weeks after Teen Challenge came out, came back to Zealand, and pretty much got into 
almost the same lifestyle. I mean, I, I connected with the same friends, and, and uh, so I ended up going to um, getting violated, violated my probation. Um, I went to prison boot camp, which if any of you guys are familiar with, with prison boot camp, it's a lot like a regular um, military boot camp, except you're sentenced there. You can't leave. You don't have a choice. Um, again, conformed. Graduated with my class with honors uh, after three months, came out and um, conforming. So fast forward now 20 years, and wouldn't you know that life happens between then. I, I, I had a daughter. Um, we, had, we had Keegan, um, got married, all, all these things. You know, all, li life happens through that. Life happens through that time. Um, but all that time... The 13 months that I had a teen challenge and, and the Bible and, and, and the classes and the teaching and the studying, it was always there in the back of my head and I always had told myself, and I knew I was away from the Lord, I knew I was away from God, and I always told myself, I'm not going to go back till I'm cleaned up and ready. And I, I saw a picture on Facebook and it really striked importance to me like waiting to come back to God when you're ready is like waiting to go to the emergency room when you stop bleeding right. you know he want he doesn't want some future clean form of you he wants you and will take you just the way you are so um all that happens now now we're gonna now we're gonna come to to the time here or how are we looking on time we good, good. good to vertical <laughs> um, we had gone. We had gone to church on the north side of Holland. We had gone to church, you know, over over this time for actually quite a bit. And but but it never was really plugging in. We went back and forth, you know. And 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 for me, she grew up mostly unchurched, so she didn't really know what she was looking for. I knew how I grew up, and I always was looking for that family atmosphere I had growing up in First Assembly with, with, with you know, Pastor Cal and Steve and, and the acceptance and the family atmosphere. That, and we couldn't find that anywhere. And um, so after a while of, of not going to church and her and I talking about, you know, having to get our kids on the right path, it wasn't even, it's really funny thinking about it now. It wasn't even really so much about us it was but I knew I had to get my children into church so Vanessa being the children's ministry director my sisters were coming here my mom and dad and they said you really have to try vertical and when we walked through the door the first day we came here we were at home and so we came for a little bit, and uh, I'll never forget the day. It, it is December 15th, 2015. Andy posted a video on Facebook about a guy, a guy named Todd White. And I sat down, and I watched the video by myself. I had gotten out of work, and, and, and I was at home by myself, and I watched the video, and... God spoke to me through that video. 
And he really brought me to a place of surrender. I was by myself in my dining room, just absolutely broken in front of God. Because the example that we set that other people are watching is what's important. We wonder why churches aren't filled. We wonder why people aren't coming to church. It's because they're watching our example of what Christianity is. And it tears me up inside to think that that I could have an outcome in somebody's eternity and I'm not showing the right example. We can talk and we can say all these things about what we, what we may be and, and, and we can come to church on Sunday, but if we don't walk out this thing in front of the world, we're not in the right place. And that's really where he broke me because I always believed in God. I went to Teen Challenge. I mean, Bible boot camp, if you guys don't understand what that is, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and I never transformed my mind. And that day in my dining room by myself, I kneeled down and I raised my hands and I said, God, I surrender it all to you. I am not going to go on living and having people watch the way that I talk, and not be able to live it out. So just for a second, I want to touch on this. Social media is, can be so negative in so many ways. But one guy sharing one video that day changed my life. Changed my life forever. I will never be the same. I'll never be the same because God opened my eyes to what it is to live for Jesus and be an example of Jesus Christ. And I, and I, I encourage you, if you guys don't know who Todd White is and you've never watched any of his videos, I mean, that is the example everywhere the man goes. And so shortly after, after that encounter... The very next day, actually, Henry, who, and Stephanie, my sister, Henry, her fiance, he also comes here, and, and he, he walked in. I, I, was, I was broken before God, and he walked in in the middle of it and just encouraged me and helped me. So very shortly after, I'm, I'm, at, I'm at work, and people are starting to see almost an instantaneous, because it was instantaneous. It was like one day I was here on this side of the fence, and the next day, I was on this side, and I had made that choice. So I share with people, and I'm going to give you just a small testimony of, of, of what that meant. Um, there, was a, there was a guy there that had gone to Bible school for, for two years, and he probably knows more um, uh, intellectually about the Bible than, than I do for sure. And I just started sharing with him. I said, you know what, man? And he's away, he was away from the Lord. And I said, you know what, man? It's God wants you back, and he wants you back 100%. And I was sharing with him. I was talking with him. And um, a little bit later on in the day, he says, can I tell you something? And I said, sure. He says, I don't know why I feel like I need to tell you, but there's nobody here that I can talk to. There's nobody here that knows this. He says, but, but my wife is, 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 she left me. She's. 
excuse me, messing around with another another guy, and and she doesn't want, you know, anything to do with our marriage anymore. And and we were sitting in a spot, and I said, you know what? Can can I just pray for you? I, I just feel like I need to pray for you. So we prayed. I, I prayed for his marriage, and and I prayed for him. Yeah. And I said, you know what? You need to get your heart right first, and God will heal your marriage if that's what you want. So the next day, he says, two days later, he comes to me, and he says, you know what, yesterday, two days ago, you prayed for me. Yesterday, I went and I visited my wife, and I just apologized to her. I said, I'm sorry. And she looked at me with a blank look on her face, and she says, well, why? I'm the one that's doing all this. He says, it doesn't matter. I just want to tell you I'm sorry. And he left. The very next day, which was the two days later, he comes to me and he says, my wife doesn't want to divorce anymore. And she's coming home. Nice. Now, had I not <clears throat> taken the time to pray for him, who knows what would have happened, where his marriage would be. But I know today... They're together, and their relationship is stronger than, than ever, and he's working on his relationship with the Lord. It is, it is unbelievable, the power of, the power of God. Um, I went to an evangelism workshop and got connected with a couple, with a, with a group, and we went out uh, one day evangelizing, and we didn't really know where we were going to go. We were praying as a group, and one of the moms said, I just keep feeling like you guys need to go to Meyer." So we went to the mire on the south side, and we were walking around. We ran into a couple different people and um, prayed for them. And there's one guy. One guy we had seen. He's he's got these big, you know, DJ headphones on, and he's bopping his head. And and the girl that we were with, her name was Anamika. She says, "Hey, what are you listening to?" And he says, "I'm listening to that new Dre stuff." And he walked away. I'm pretty sure he knew what we were about. So. As we're walking around the frozen food section, I keep seeing this kid go by me. I'm like, man, I really want to go pray for him. And she's like, well, let's go. So we walked up to him, and, 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 and I, I started kind of sharing with him, and, and he didn't want anything to do with what we were about. And he says, but my brother over there, he wants to be your friend. <laughs> I look, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I'm like, well, introduce him to, to us. He's like, no, no, no. I said, please, introduce us to us. He walks over there. Leaves us with him, and he bails. He's gone because he doesn't want anything to do with us. And I look at the kid, and he's got kind of got tears in his eyes, and, and, and his name's Zach. And um, uh, he's, he, uh, he says, were you guys just praying with that couple over there? I say, yeah, yeah, we were. We're just here sharing the love of, of Jesus around, you know. And he looks at us, and he says, says, I've been away from the Lord for six years, and I need to come back. And we didn't even, <laughs> we didn't even approach him. He just, you know, could tell, could see, like, we're the light that shines in the darkness. And, and so we started praying for him. And here we are in the frozen food section of Myers. And this kid is just hands raised, praising God like we weren't even on this earth. It was an awesome, awesome thing. And I've got to disciple him a few times and, and, and speak with him and, and, and he's gotten plugged into a church on the south side of Holland. And, and it's just the example that we set is, is just, it's, it's huge. Because the world is watching 
what we do in every walk of life, there's somebody that needs the Jesus that we say we carry. Yeah. That's good. Very, very good. D, we ran out of time. I know you really wanted to get in here and rip it up, but we're going to have to wait till next year. <laughs> okay. Good. She's exhausted. I need a nap. <laughs> and okay, good. Anything else in a closing statement that you'd want to encourage to the family? Just, just in, in, in closing real quick. Um, real quick. Yesterday, I was, yesterday I was, re- I was really praying on it. I was listening to some, and, and I just, faith is, faith is an equalizer. Are you known for your faith is what I would ask. Like, in your workplace, in your community, are you known for your faith? You know, because if we are not known for our faith, are we truly disciples of Jesus Christ? You know, if somebody were to walk up to you, walk up to one of your closest friends and ask them what you are known for, would they say he's known for his faith? And that's what I want to be known for. I want them to squeeze me and nothing but Jesus comes out. And that's that. That's where. That's really where where I'm at. You know, if if faith, He's given us everything that we need mm-hmm. in this life to get through anything we have we could possibly get through. Mm-hmm. It's just what you're gonna do with what He's given you. Yeah. You know, you don't get a bar of soap and lay it on the counter and get clean. You got to take the soap and you have to wash your body in order to get clean. Faith is the same thing. He's given it to us. Now we got to take it and use it. Won't you stand with me? Won't you all stand too? My biggest takeaway that I want to kind of take with these guys is like, you know, he's just giving you multiple examples here in everyday life. My prayer would be that we have a church congregation that puts me out of business. You know, church is not about a pastor preaching a sermon, doing a thing. It's about Christians living it out. And uh, I just love that about his practical everyday living. Um, and he's not a perfect person. You know, we read the story, and, uh, and he's gone through real life, but he trusts a real God.